Today we're going to talk about the parents who had to be parented. So if you are someone who had to parent your parent, now that might be through something like mental illness, addiction, or physical illness. So check your capacity before you come into this podcast. We're going to be discussing things, you know, like loss of innocence. If you had to be a caregiver for a sick parent, um, you know, dealing with things like addiction and mental health in your parents. So as always check your capacity before you come in, you can always dip out if you need and let's get into it. Okay. So in this episode, we're talking about those parents who had to be parented. Now this runs the gamut, right? Your parent might have had a mental health deficit. They might've had an emotional or intellectual deficit. They could have had an addiction, um, or they could have had an illness that required you to parent your parent. So themes that can come up from that when we are not allowed to be playful, right? When we're not allowed to be exuberant, when we're not allowed to have that innocence or even just that balance that kids have, right? You go to school and then you have recess for a little bit and then you have a little bit more school and you go to recess. Then you go home and do homework and then you go out and play with friends. Children need that balance and and we, we just yearn for that so badly in our adult years. I think that, you know, a lot of places that all of us in this world yearn for is more play, whatever that looks like for you, right? Hanging out with your friends, uh, seeing a show, we kind of elevate our play as we get older, things like intimacy, but that lack of balance, that workhorse, put your nose down, do what has to be done. While it can be a beautiful act of love, especially if your parent has a physical illness or they're dealing with a deficit, either emotionally, mentally, or intellectually, it can also put you into this pattern where you never developed or you just flat out lost your ability to be lighthearted. You lost your ability to play. You lost your ability to um, have fun with things, joke around, right? You very likely could be the serious one in your friendship group, the one that always has the advice. You're always the caregiver. You're always the one people run to. And, you know, this thing that you did in your youth of caregiving has now translated. It might have even translated into your job. Maybe you work in a profession where you are helping people, right? Hospice work, nursing work, veterinary care work. Um, There's so many lines of work where you are helping people. Because it becomes your identity to, to be the caregiver. And so what happens is that you learn from a very young age to put yourself on the back burner. Other needs come before yours especially if that was part of addiction. When you are a parent of someone in addiction and you are parenting a parent with either an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction, you learn to be 
perfect, right? Can't afford the bad days. So nothing is allowed to be out of line. Nothing is allowed to be ordinary. You learn how to fix things so quickly because if you don't, then you bear the wrath of that that person and, and however they respond because of their addiction, right? But you learn that things have to be a certain way and that you have to do it quickly. That that can also pertain to if you are caregiving for a loved one, a parent um, with a physical ailment, right? I have heard stories from clients being as young as eight years old and them changing catheters or, you know, cleaning um, pick lines. So at a very, very tender young age, when we should be exploring and digging and swinging and, and figuring out the wilds of the world, right? That's the stuff that sparks our imagination later. It, it helps us create a narrative to why we want to be here. Those patterns are taken away from us. And instead, they are replaced with the patterns of other people matter more than me. Now, it could have been for a very good reason. And it doesn't make you a bad person to look back and go like, dang, I shouldn't have been responsible for that. It doesn't mean that you don't love a parent who was suffering and you see the suffering, right? With a physical illness or a deficit of some sort or even an addiction. But when you look back, you aren't wrong to say, you know what, that was the job of a grown person with, you know, a skill set above mine at five years old, at eight years old, at 12 years old. I shouldn't have been dealing with, you know, a cancer patient. I shouldn't have been dealing medically with someone who, you know, had that sort of ailment. I shouldn't have been the one dealing with the addictions of my parents. I shouldn't have been, you know, being the person who was translating. I don't want to forget that as well. We have we have parents who come here from other countries to give their children amazing opportunities, which is so brilliant. But if you at four years old have had to be the translator for your parents and go back and forth, right? You're the liaison between the teacher at parent-teacher conferences and at schools and the doctor's office. This also sets you up that like you are the person that can handle things and so you just become the person that handles things. That becomes your way of life and your identity. Now we always talk about polarity here. So what happens when we are, you know, free from that, right? Whatever free means, either we grew up, we got out of the house, um, somebody passed on, we no longer have that responsibility, whatever. We look at the, we look at the polarity, right? And the polarity is that we keep that sense of caregiving. Yep, it's me. I do everything. I'm going to pick up the slack. Um, you become that way in your relationships because that's all you know, which is beautiful and it's big hearted and it's caring and it's lovely. But you become that person in the relationship who you are the carer, but you are not being cared for. Right now, that could be for for a few different reasons. Right. You have your wall up. You have your guard up. You don't you don't know how to accept that care in. 
So we're going to be fair um, to, you know, relationships out there that there are relationships that you've poured yourself into that I've poured myself into where that person was likely trying to give care and concern back. But because of that emotional wall of like, no, I'm just the carer. I'm the doer. I'm going. Then that was your, your role. Or you get into relationships where what you know is how to fix people. And so you look at relationships of like, you know, something goes wrong in the beginning and you're like, oh, well, that's not bad. Like I've dealt with worse or I can deal with this or, oh, they just need help. Classic, classic. They just need some help. I can help them. (laughs) You end up being like the martyr girlfriend, um, which then translates into like the martyr mama. Or you can go the complete opposite route, right? Where once you finally get free, you are the free bird. You're the free spirit out in the world. But that can come without boundaries, right? So you can fall into your own patterns of um, addiction. And you can fall into your own patterns of being reckless. Because you just have this deep, deep, deep desire to go experience all the things that you'll never experience in life, right? So we we like to talk about that polarity because no one's the same. And there's always going to be, you know, that range of human emotion. Titan is with us today, so you might hear his clickety-clack. And uh, if he is perhaps looking at the uh, squirrels outside, I might have to pause this because he might decide that he's going to tell them off. But typically, typically what we see is that people will fall into this caregiver role for a majority of their life, no matter which side of the polarity they fall into, right? They will be the friend that people go to for advice. They will be the person who puts themselves on the back burner. And what that does is you're already running from a deficit, right? As a child, you were already in deficit emotionally and mentally. You weren't allowed to play. You weren't allowed to create boundaries. You weren't allowed to even probably rest when you wanted to rest. You were brought in to a problem that you did not create, right? Whether that is translating for people, whether that's, you know, caregiving for addiction or caregiving for mental illness or physical illness, or, you know, an emotional or intellectual deficit, you were pulled into that situation. You didn't ask to be there. You didn't ask for that. And that is completely fair to say, you know, to have that thought pattern in your mind of like, dude, I would not have picked this for myself. This sucks. It was really wrong. I wouldn't have done this to my kid, right? Have all those thoughts. But the patterns that we need to break are the patterns of putting ourselves on the back burner and thinking that, well, everyone, you know, I can help everyone or maybe they just need help or maybe they just need to be fixed or maybe they just need someone to love them, right? Because that just gets into very, very dangerous spaces in your life where when you were on the back burner, you are not aware of red flags. You're not looking out for your personal boundaries. You might not even be creating them. You need your mental health. You need to fill your cup and then the overflow goes to people, 
right? So there's always that analogy, like fill your cup first and then, and then, you know, fill someone else's cup or put on your oxygen mask first. Um, but what, what we're really talking about when we talk about that in the broad scheme of, you know, psychology and mental health is that if you are not a full, whole, complete individual human being, you are giving fragments of yourself to people. And if you had to parent your parents, you have been fragmented for a very long time. But the one thing that has remained consistent that you feel like, you know what, I can look back and I can see that that is a consistent cycle for me. It's a consistent pattern is I know how to care for people. But I'm going to tell you something just because you can, doesn't mean you should. And not everyone on this planet can be helped by you. There are 352 million people in America and 7 billion people on this planet. You do not have to take it all on. You don't have to take on all the overtime. You don't have to take on all the parenting. You don't have to take on all the responsibility. You don't have to be the cheerleader in the relationship. You don't have it. Your friendships shouldn't be one-sided. And these are all real things that happen. So over, you know, we really don't have that much of a week left before we get to the Q and a tomorrow, but think about your patterns and how they have created, you know, this sense of caregiving in you. What, what side of the polarity is it for you? Is it the checked out? Nope. You know what? I've done that for too long. People are on their own. I don't want to deal with it. My walls are up. I'm not doing this anymore. Or is it the other extreme? where you do everything and, you know, phrases that you might say are things like, I'll just do it because I can do it right. Or just give it to me. I can do it faster because those were things that you were used to having to do when you were younger, or you could do it right. You can do it right. You can do it better. You can do it faster. You don't trust anyone else to do it. That is a huge one when it comes to any sort of safety theme. So if your parent was a parent that was physically ill and you watched outsiders come in and try to do it and they would mess it up and and you were fearful of the safety of your parent, then that one comes in, right? Big, big safety features. I need to do it to keep myself safe. This also happens when you are parenting a parent of addiction because those parents can become unsafe if you don't do something right. So you can't trust anyone else to do it. You know that all these things are on your shoulders because you yourself will bear the consequence if it's not right. So you become hypervigilant in doing everything yourself. So these themes of, you know, massive control, these themes of, you know, just not even thinking about your mental health, putting yourself on the back burner, um, you know, we've talked about this before and we can talk about it at a later time, how we actually steal opportunities for other people's growth when we have these really big control issues, when we have these issues where it's like, I'll just do it because it'll get done faster. What opportunities are we taking away from other people when we just decide to take that away and not allow them to do it, right? How are we diminishing that person 
that person's journey, those, that person's goals. So think about how these patterns are affecting you today. What jobs do you not want to give up? What do you take on that you shouldn't? Where are you maybe walled up where you need to allow people in again? And so we have our live Q&A tomorrow. Jump in with your questions. As always, if you don't feel comfortable um, asking your question live, you can ask it in, you know, personally to me, any way you can find me, email, text message, inbox, Instagram, Um, but you deserve balance and you deserve to change that pattern so that you know that the people around you can also be trusted and they can also fulfill parts of the job. And, you know, even if you're, I'm, I'm a, I'm a full fledged single mama, man. Like we're talking no contact, like nobody's helping me do nothing. (laughs) Um, And I still have to create my community, right? I still can't do it all. So there are times where, you know, I will call on my neighbor and ask either my neighbor or my neighbor's husband to come help me with something or, you know, ask a friend for something, you know, hey, can you come do this? Or, hey, I can't go out because my child currently requires me to be in at all times. Um, you know, can you come over here and do dinner, right? So you have to find your ways out of the, it's okay. I'll just deal with it. I always have to deal with it. I will just deal with it the way it is. You are allowed to create the way that you deal with it. And I would always encourage that bringing people in is way better than locking people out. You just have to find the right people, the safe people. All right, I will see all of you tomorrow. Um, Good Titan, he decided not to talk to the squirrels. And uh, we'll chat about everything tomorrow on the weekly wrap-up. All right, Rev, talk to you then.